On this episode of Tag Talks Business, we speak with Randy Thompson, owner-publisher of Vista Graphics. Randy, thank you so much for joining me and our listeners for Tag Talks Business. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. Absolutely. It's good to be back, especially in person. Yes. It's been a, it's been a while. So, um, so for our listeners, would you just take a few minutes, uh, introduce yourselves and give them a little bit of background about yourself per- professionally and especially here in the Hampton Roads community? Okay. Uh, like I said, my name is Randy Thompson. I'm the founder, the owner, and publisher of Vista Graphics. Uh, it's a media company that, that we began back in the 80s. Uh, I moved here from uh, from college at JMU in the mid 80s, uh, and shortly thereafter got into business for myself. And this was the the direction that that, that life uh, took me uh, professionally. Have, since then, I've been active in a number of, of industry associations on the state and local, uh, and a little bit on the national level as well. Gotcha. And so, what was the catalyst for for being an entrepreneur, starting your own business, especially so quickly out of school. I mean, it was a pretty quick transition for you, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, I went almost directly from undergraduate to graduate school uh, seeking an MBA, which I which I got. Uh, and I think that experience, as much as anything, gave me the, the, the feeling that one day I wanted to own my own business. Yeah. Uh, upon graduation from the MBA program, I did work four and a half years for into sales management for a consumer goods company. Uh, and actually in this area, that, that, that job is what brought me to Virginia Beach originally. Okay. Um, and you know, over time, I, I kept fishing out opportunities and one that I felt like uh, Maybe right for me was a, a franchised publication called Travelhost. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with it. Yeah. Uh, they have markets across the country and they sell you the rights. Uh, it's not gotcha. really a, technically a franchise, it's more of a distributorship, but you have a local version of this national in-room magazine that goes into hotel rooms. Gotcha. Um, that experience didn't exactly pan out, <laughs> but, yeah. it, it, but it, it, it gave me some experience and some a direction um, that I held on to after a couple of years with Travel Host, I put my printing out for bid and did our first visitor guide here in Virginia Beach. That's great. Uh, 1987. Wow. So, so you kind of always knew you wanted to be your own boss, I guess, from that standpoint. Um, and the the market for what you were doing obviously seemed pretty good for for where we are here in Virginia Beach and the hospitality, but. Can you talk a little bit about how you really kind of took that and ran with it from the standpoint that, um, I mean, you, you, you've been in multiple markets, you now have multiple publications, not just focused on tourism, but um, you've got business, you've got lifestyle. Um, so how did that transition take place over the years? I guess in, initially the, the, the visitor guide concept on a higher end quality basis uh, was a was sort of a formula and a template that we felt like would work in other markets. So mm-hmm. uh, beginning in the late 80s and all through the early to mid 90s, we would seek out and introduce the same template in other markets through expanding south, north, and, and west yeah. uh, into like a five-state region. And the, the timing was good for that. Yeah. Um, 
then as the uh, as other people recognize that the competition certainly heated <laughs> up and uh, everybody and and I think as technology improved, everyone could almost become a publisher if they could buy a Macintosh <laughs> <laughs> to a certain degree. So yeah. it, it became the entry became a little easier, I guess, uh, but. Also, towards the latter half of the 90s, uh, there was a recognition. We recognized that our area really didn't have a lifestyle magazine. So that yeah. kind of became a dream to, for me uh, to pursue that. And I attended a lot of con um, conventions and so forth that was aimed at, at that type of publishing. The City Regional Magazine Association, which we became affiliated with pretty early on, yeah. uh, sponsored a lot of those um, meetings and conventions and, and uh, so we put a team together totally separate from the visitor guide that was more editorial driven um, in 1999 with the target launch of, of um, 2000 which we were to celebrate this November issue as our 20th year so wow. um, we celebrate 20 years with uh, which started as you know as Hampton Roads Magazine yeah. is now Coastal Virginia Magazine. Yeah, that's great. Well, and f to that point, I mean, you've now been doing that for 20 years. Um, you've still got uh, print uh, versions of, of multiple publications. So at a time when we've seen a lot of, of these niche market pubs um, and regional pubs start to, to fade away or go purely digital, what do you think has been the differentiator for like Coastal Virginia Magazine and, and COVA and, and some of these publications that continue to, at least from the outside in, seem to be thriving right. at a time when the market seems to be going the opposite direction for most of these companies? I think the, the, the tighter the niche, the, the more, the greater the appeal of that printed piece is still holding your hand. Yeah. Certainly reading a magazine, and I think a City Lifestyle magazine particularly, is a totally different experience than thumbing through it on your phone or, yeah. or online. It's just you can't curl up with a nice laptop in your bed <laughs> uh, um, and read it. And, and I think that experience, will, I think it will remain, and, and I think the you know, statistics from the Magazine Publishers Association and a lot of other sources uh, support that, yeah. that, that this this form of media isn't going away, uh, just like t radio didn't disappear when TV yeah. came on the scene. I think yeah. that they'll, they work in tandem, but I do, you know, what we've seen is that the, the, the use of the media changes somewhat. Yeah. Our, the, the, the magazine media is, is no longer uh, as effective as a, um, a, a, a instant response type vehicle it's yeah. it's much higher on the sales funnel it's it's what brings you into the sales funnel from an advertiser standpoint that um, if I want to plant the seed for my product and my authority in that category and and, and whatever magazines are an, a, a terrific source to do that yeah but invariably the consumer once they've they've realized they may want to look at this type of a kitchen cabinet or this um, kitchen and bath company, they're yeah. going to go online and do more research. Yeah. But something gets them into the funnel and drives them in, in magazines as, as the, and other traditional media too has been a great source for that. Yeah. So I think that, um, I don't see that going away in my lifetime, but yeah. you know, but I think that the digital 
world has really fragmented the whole media market, mm -hmm. uh, and we've we've really embraced that. We, we've uh, added. I don't know how many different digital products to support what we're doing with the traditional media. Yeah. Uh, whether it's target display or OTT television, where we can serve programmatically, you know, into the homes that are streaming. Um, the the it, it opened up a, a a big world for us to support the traditional media, and, and um, I think that's one reason we're still here today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and. Because you've always had such a strong presence with the the visitors' guide and the tourism industry in general, um, how have you seen um, your ability to change with that um, on the digital side as more people are going online? Are, are, can you talk a little bit about how you've been able to use that print version along with the the digital side to complement each other? Sure. Yeah. On. on well, Depending on what, uh, who we're talking to, for a lot of our visitor guys, they're intercept tools. They're, okay. they're distributed in market. So if yeah. you're if you're visiting Virginia Beach, Outer Banks, wherever, you receive our book once you once you get there. So in those cases, we've been able to to um, we incorporate some search tactics with that. But I would say we largely uh, will use a geofence tactic so that. By the same way we can put a, a visitor guide into the hotel rooms or to the cottage rentals, we can serve ads into all the devices that are in those gotcha. places. So, and, okay. then, and that the geofencing becomes very specific down to an address level. If we want, if it's a cottage rental, we can wow. literally serve ads into uh, that home, into all devices wow. that are in that home during whatever period we, we dictate. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a it's a great support to reinforce the message if they wow. get it in the magazine and then they s it pops up on their phone. Yeah. Um, but if it's in a vacation planning mode where they're still out of market, they're still in Philadelphia deciding about their vacation, and we're talking to a hotel or a CBB or somebody like that, the ability to, to serve ads or in video on, on the streaming for people that are streaming, um, we can do that on a, on a search basis if they're online contextual targeting where they're looking for uh, information on Virginia Beach and then we we find that person and serve them the ads or wow. if they're uh, if they're looking for information on the competitive market yeah and you that's a that's a look-alike market then we can serve them serve them ads gotcha. some very uh, very targeted um, email which is, yeah. is still one of the most everybody still checks their email every morning <laughs> it's, 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 it, it's uh, we all do it, yeah. But the the technology now allows us to to curate an audience in a geo-targeted area that may have a thousand different demographic attributes, and these are all double opt-in yeah. emails. And the, it's it's been a really good program, especially for DMOs that are marketing their areas. That's great. Well, and since so many of our listeners um, obviously are on the business side of of the listenership, um, can you talk uh, about the the success of of COVID over the years and how that adaptation has worked for for you and your team? It's, I guess it's again it was a recognition that there wasn't a business magazine here, and by that time, Coastal Virginia Magazine had a pretty good uh, footprint, yeah, pretty good platform here to to spring from. So. Yeah. 
uh, it was a natural to um, to jump from that, and it was it was a fairly um, we had we, we built our market with Coastal Virginia in terms of it, it, it always you know, turns out to be a pretty high income educated group and so forth, but it's built over time. Whereas with the business product, it was uh, you know it's it, it's a mail list of all the C level managers and up. Yeah. So it was it was fairly easy to to define who the audience was. Yeah. And fairly easy to get a copy in their hands. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, it's a, it's a great piece and and both. Uh, on the print and on the digital side, it's it's you got a lot of great content in there. So over the years, you talk a little bit about some of the transition. What would you consider was probably your greatest challenge um, over that that twenty to twenty five year period? Can I include twenty twenty? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that, it's certainly it's top of mind, and 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 we're still in it. But yeah. but uh, navigating. COVID and the downturn in business, yeah. uh, to me, certainly seems like the biggest challenge we faced. Yeah. Um, it be a lot of our publications, the tour on the tourism side are very seasonal. Yeah. As you know, so there we're we're um, we're closing out sales in a March April time period for a May publication, and we know when COVID hit in March. Yeah. And we had a ton of cancellations and other and. The late sales that would have closed didn't close, and a lot of others that had closed earlier were canceled. And we yeah. were certainly allowing people to do whatever they were comfortable doing. We did publish some of our competition; just most of our competition just pulled the strings, so we're not publishing this year. Yeah, but we published in every market uh, wow. at a slightly lower rate and a slightly lower, um, little later time frame. Yeah. But uh, I was very pleased that we did and. Um, you know, at the end of the day, that's what we do for a living. So yeah. we felt like we needed to, when the we were confident that visitation would come back, and yeah. and it did. I mean, I think most of our markets, from the visitor traffic standpoint, it did it did come back. And yeah. the restaurants, a lot of them are certainly still struggling. But um, I was glad we were there yeah. when they came out. But it has been a tremendous challenge to try to suddenly match your overhead and expenses with a much lower output yeah. that we can't change till next year yeah <laughs> for these seasonal markets we yeah. our, our opportunity to change and to, to get that billing back up will come until next May so. so to that point as you go into 2021 and knowing that there's still going to be at least some question about how the market's going to change were there any lessons learned from this year that you feel like you're going to be able to carry over into next year to be able to kind of manage around the the fact that we're still not going to be to what most of us know is normal. I don't know that it's a lesson that we learned from the particular environment, but I felt strongly that we can't just come back. This is a usually the fall is a big selling period for us for next summer for our seasonal books. Yeah. Um, we couldn't just walk back in and say, "Okay, we're back." Yeah. You know, and maybe we got away with that five years ago or th yeah. two years ago, whatever. But um, we had a we we really looked hard at what we do well, and we capitalized on that. Yeah. Uh, with the, there's we have a fair amount of changes that we're showing to people, even how we present the magazine, uh, where we're polybagging. Um, 
clean, safe welcome packets for our hotels to oh, hand wow. out where it already would be sealed in a poly bag with their custom message in there. So they, the oh, hotel wow. has a value in distributing it. Uh, and they're able to just to hand the guest that packet, literally never touched by human hands. Yeah. If that's an issue for them. Yeah. And, and it may not be an issue for, hopefully it won't be such an issue, but it'll still be a convenient way to present a welcome packet. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Wow. So that's and from a distribution standpoint, from a, uh, the content standpoint, we've, we've um, upped the ante a little bit on the quality. We always felt like we were the highest quality guidebook. We were the only full-size guide, perfect bound, nice you know, covers and everything. Yeah. But we've gone a little brighter on the paper, a little heavier on the paper, um, really looking at improving the quality of our distribution with the welcome packets that, yeah. that we're introducing. Uh, Content-wise, a big focus on storytelling. Where that's what we felt like is our strong suit. Yeah, you know, we we have the everybody has coupon books, and we know that everybody can do that. But <laughs> but we've always had a good good ability to tell the story. Yeah, and I think today's traveler, that's what they want to know. Yeah, you know, they want to experience the area, and I think we can we can bring a product that becomes part of that that experience. So that's we're awesome. we're going back in with a whole new story, and that's allowed us to get to get a conversation going in September, October that we probably wouldn't have been able to get going because people are saying, wait, I don't know what's I don't know what next year is gonna bring, let's yeah. get a vaccine first or whatever. But now they're engaged and they're committing yeah. to next year because we're bringing them a whole brand new That's great. Topic. So it's wow. That 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 uh I think is serving as well. Yeah. Well, and you may have kind of already answered this, but what would you say would be your greatest reward during the last 20 plus years? I, you know, again, I'm going to recent history, but yeah. I think the way our team responded here, yeah, uh, they were challenged to each by department to, to get our expenses. Here's the level of output we're going to be at. We got to get your department down to that. And everybody stepped up yeah. and did it. Yeah. Um, you know, That's great. We, we had some. We, we had to use some furloughs and some other things to get through it. We're back to. We're we're, we're past that now. And um, so yeah, I, I'm very proud of what everybody, how this whole team yeah. came together instead of letting fear, you know, drive them into a hole. They yeah. it, 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 they responded and said, yeah. "No, we need to do this. We need to do this." And That's um, great. That's great. Um, so. We kind of talked a little bit about the kind of your short-term changes and adaptations. I mean, long-term, do you see any major trends that, that may be changing both on the visitor side or on the, the lifestyle or the business side as far as publications or, or, or more specifically about Vista and, and kind of where you all see yourselves going? I think we've, we've tried to take this, the, the viewpoint fairly early on that we're not just a magazine publishing company where we bring media solutions and we're constantly looking for what that solution is. Yeah. I, I do think the traditional media, that being magazines, will will be central to that because that's kind of, um, that's how people view our brand. Yeah. But in addition to that, that, that brand strengths enable, enabled us to look in a lot of different uh, media solutions we talked about a number of them with the, all the different digital um, platforms that we can bring to to complement the the print. Um, but even you know before COVID, we had some pretty specific goals of how much of our business should be digital, and even how much should be events, which yeah. has been 
become another media source for us, event sponsorships and so forth. Gotcha. Uh, and it's it has it has a double, uh, I guess a a, a double two advantages to it. One is to is the revenue stream yeah. through the sponsorships. Secondarily, though, is it's a brand enhancement because yeah. we do it under the Lifestyle Magazine's brand, whether it's here or we have a, a Lifestyle book in Lynchburg. Um, and when we do those events, it's always under that brand, which yeah. enhances the, the brand further. Yeah. Well, and, and to your credit, I mean, that's, um, y'all have done a great job, at least just because I know the 757 more so than, say, the Lynchburg market, but you guys have always done made a, a concerted effort to be out in the community, to, right. to do a lot of the, the events. And, and do you feel like, um, was that something you just kind of, you kind of always knew was a good fit? Was that something that was developed because of how your team had come to you? Or, or did a lot of that go back to the connection with the, the hospitality industry and kind of just the nature of, of events and being outdoors and doing a lot of that type of stuff? Honestly, most of the events that we do were ideas we stole from City Regional Magazine Association. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, most, most City Regional Magazines over the last number, I don't know how many years, have gotten into the event business as well. Yeah. And it's been a brand extension. It's been a natural for them to do a, you know, um, a best of Coastal Virginia event exactly. or a best of whatever area you're in. And it's been a natural for them to get in anything food and drink related because that's always a strong, you know, one of the wheelhouses for City, uh, city Lifestyle Magazine. Yeah. So, um, you know, we go to these conferences and so forth and we hear great, we all, we, we do a, a great deal of idea sharing at these, yeah. um, whether it's a publisher's round table that I, I usually attend once or twice a year or we take a number of people from the company uh, once a year, but we have great ideas that come out of that. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd like to think there's some we came up with on our own, but uh, <laughs> I think the Wine Fest was ours, but we were already in kind of, we have a wine magazine, we used to be called Virginia Wine Lover, now it's yeah. Saver, Virginia, and we were kind of in that, that category pretty strong anyway, gotcha. so we probably took that idea to CRMA and share it with others, but, but yeah. most of the others we got from them. Well, and I mean, it's marketing 101 is, is, I mean, that's why we do that is so we can borrow and yeah. quote, and, and steal each other's ideas and, and right. um, especially because you are in different markets, so you're not competing with one another right. and, and, and it is a, an idea, idea sharing opportunity across the board. Um, so as we, before we wrap up and, and for those that are interested into partnering with your team, um, especially from the different publications, if somebody's interested in, in working with you, either on the tourism side, the lifestyle side, or the business side, um, what's the best way to, to connect with your team? Um, is it online, it, it, reaching out directly? If they, are, if they go online, there's, a, there's an info at, and gotcha. uh, Paul Brannix, our vice president of sales, he fills every one of those. So um, shout out to Paul. Yes. There you and go. He, he, he'll either address it himself or make sure it gets to the right person depending on what, you know, what the, what the ask is. If gotcha. it's digital, he'll, you know, we have a, our own digital gurus that are, that are uh, very knowledgeable in that from a digital marketing perspective and gotcha. he'll get it to the right person. Perfect. Perfect. And for those outside the market, um, 
Are you looking to grow in, in any of the, the outside markets? And I know I don't want to give away trade secrets, but I mean, is there an opportunity you feel to, to go into some new markets in the future? I do. Um, some of what we do is custom publishing, where we publish for a particular CVB or, or DMO in that particular area. Gotcha. Okay. I think there's there's always room for those to you know when, when a bid comes up, we usually pursue it if it's gotcha. in, if it's okay. in our footprint yeah. area. Uh, I I think there's some air, Lynchburg. The Lynchburg market has been a real positive experience for me and for for us. We acquired okay. that market about six or seven years ago. Yeah, and um, it's a. It, Obviously, a smaller market, but yeah. it's, but so responsive to what we do okay. that I think there are other markets that are in that size yeah. that would be equally as responsive Great. with a lifestyle magazine with the yeah. product there. Yeah. They, they don't already have one. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, great. Well, and a shout out to all of our friends at the Lynchburg Chamber. So we, yeah, we, we got a lot of good friends out there. So, well, Randy, thank you again for taking the time to talk to me, talk to our listeners, um, give us a little feedback about Vista Graphics and your great team here. Um, and uh, we look forward to seeing you guys continue to grow and thrive um, in the coming months and years. Uh, and thanks again for taking the time today. Thank you. Appreciate it.